Inside with the Guides, a podcast where local guides introduce us to their destination and share with us highlights, tips, and personal preferences about the places where they live and work. We are Chile Signature, an entrepreneurship created by tour managers and professionals of tourism, with the dream of sharing the natural beauty of Chile through a responsible tourism. We are constantly searching to fulfill our client bucket list. Through each episode, get an insight of each destination. Take more than a picture, learn more than a fact. The real experience only comes with locals. Join us. Welcome. Today we are with Maria Jose Cabezas. She born in Santiago, but she moved to Punta Arenas when she was only seven years old. She studied in Universidad de Magallanes for teaching English, but since uh, 2002, she has worked in the tourist industry. Among other places, she worked in Torres del Paine National Park and also in Isla Rey Jorge in Antarctica. She has a diploma in interpretation heritage from uh, 2018 with Interpreted Europe and several other diplomas in nature and history. She is also a founder of Interview Techniques for Written and Oral History Rescue Workshop of Instituto de la Patagonia. Besides being a dedicated mother and wife, she is, in my professional opinion, one of the best local guides I have had the pleasure of working with. Welcome to this episode, Maria Jose, also known as Cota. Hello, Cota. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful presentation. I'm very happy to be with you today, and I'm very happy to be able to reach your audience. I have enjoyed uh, the previous presentations, so I hope we have a good time together. Oh, as always. <laughs> As usual, as usual. Good. Uh, I wanna. This is the the very first question. Always, uh, we ask to everyone. Um, where are you right now? And in your case, why everybody calls you Cota? Well, I'm in my house. I live in Punta Arenas City. I have since uh, 1987, and I actually live just a few minutes away from the Magellan Strait. I live in the northern section of the city another entrance. And the reason I became a guide, I think it's because I've always been in love with this, this interpretation or to transfer the information about streets and buildings and flowers into the visitor. Uh, the years that I spent in Santiago, I also come from families that migrated from the South to Santiago. And so my grandparents used to take their children into tours through the cities and museums and places surrounding uh, Santiago City area. And I had the pleasure to have my dad taking me through the streets of downtown Santiago, where you have this, this humongous cathedrals and show me the city and tell me the story about museums and some reserves or vineyards. So I grew up with someone that used to tour me and, and the family and go camping and travel. And I think it's one of my greatest passions in life. And I, I am someone that, that's seen a lot of Chile and I'm very sensitive to the landscape. So uh, when I started, I felt that this was my calling more than a job and I have enjoyed 
and have a wonderful time with it for so many years now. And by the way, the reason they call me Kota, it's uh, my best friend. This is the 90s. She used to say that I was uh, different than other Maria Jose's, kind of a drama queen character. And, and she said one day, you're larger than every other Maria or Cote, which is the real nickname for Maria Jose. And she said, you are Kota. And this is like 91 or 92. And since that day, I have been known here in school, university, and then my job as Cota, C-O-T-A, which it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a nickname from my best friend. It's all her fault. Cota, uh, I cannot avoid to ask you this because I'm very curious about this. Um, what was your job in Isla Rey Jorge? What have you been doing in Isla Rey Jorge? Well, uh, the Isla Rey Jorge opportunity is a, a lottery ticket. Not all guides get to travel with DAP, which is a regional company that supports trips to that base. Um, the Chilean base is Eduardo Frey base. Um, for travelers that do not want to navigate the Drake's Passage. And what they do is they fly over from Punta Arenas to King George Island to get on their cruise. So you fly with them. They have a full day tour in the bases in the area, and then they go on a Zodiac boat to their cruise. And you have another group. They don't want to go on a cruise ship, but they want to have a full day tour in one of the islands in Antarctica. And you go with them for a full day tour on the bases and you get to see some penguins. And if you're really lucky, you can see some whales going by the base. So I did that for a couple of years, but then it was a little too much for me because uh, if there was an, a weather window to go, I would have to go five in the morning or 2 a.m. or 6 p.m. And then two days two days later, I was on my way to Torres del Paine National Park. So I had to, to quit, but it was just wonderful. Nice. And another uh, question. Um, what is this project of uh, interview techniques for written and oral history rescue? Uh, this is also a lottery ticket, I have to say. Uh, this is a project that started with a, a very small group of people that were interested in rescuing the story of the inhabitants of the Magellan region that is not published. And these are people that are alive and breathing that knew, for instance, Nobel Prizes in literature, uh, travelers and adventurers, and no one had rescued their history to make sense of the entire chronology of events for the existence of Punta Arenas or Puerto Natales or maybe, maybe the ranches that surround the city. So we volunteered to be the ones to rescue those stories through interviews. So it's the rescue of oral and written history because through interviews, you rescue a certain moment in local history, but you also find in books published in 1901, 1902, 1903, information that went abroad. And you have to do the research, you have to find the information, and for, for that to be 
accepted by the institute and the university, it has to be done in a scientifically based uh, way. And that is the technique that we learn. Then we choose someone that we do the interview with and we rescue their history. And then that is published by the Magellan University through the uh, Patagonian Research Institute. Very, very interesting. Thank you, Gota. Okay, let's talk about Punta Arenas now. And uh, question number one will be, Gota, um, why people should go and visit Punta Arenas? People should come and visit Punta Arenas, not because of Punta Arenas itself, but what surrounds Punta Arenas and what the surroundings are going to mean for you. This is a place where you can go east, where you can go south, southwest, northwest, and you find a variety of different landscapes and an opportunity for the solo experience that the Southern Patagonian routes will give you. So if you want me to, I can mention some things uh, part by part. And when I say east, Chile, in 1881, won by an agreement with Argentina, the sole concession or ownership uh, of the Magellan Strait. And part of that territory is known as Punta Delgada, or the thinner point, that refers to the narrowest passage towards the east for us to cross the strait and reach Tierra del Fuego Big Island. From Punta Arenas to the easternmost point, you have about two hours on a beautiful road with a variety of birds, mammals. The landscape is just incredible. The silence, the solitude, the estancias or ranches. But most importantly, people often think that the only way you can see abundance of camels or guanacos, the southern Patagonian um, camels, is Torres del Paine National Park, mm -hmm. and that is not true. As you travel east, you enter shrublands and what we call pampa, these landscapes that are flat, no mountains, with an incredible population of that camel. You just get off your car on the road, you take pictures, you're by yourself, you can see the behavior of these animals. We have a very famous wetland called Buque uh, Quemado. It's kind of the, the burned uh, schooner is the name of that wetland. And there, if you enjoy observing nature and bird activity, you're going to love it. At the Punta Delgada point, at the end of your trip, you're going to find a lighthouse. And that lighthouse was built in 1901 by a Scottishman that made over 70 lighthouses in Chile. The lighthouse has been in use and open since 1901. It's a national monument and it's, a, it's, it's experience, you know, uh, for people that enjoy lighthouses, their, their story and the solitude of those areas, it's a must. You can rent a car, take a picnic, take four hours, five hours of your day 
And it's just a few minutes away from Punta Arenas to the east in the direction of Atlantic. You can have all of that one package, easy breezy. And if you come in summer, you can also learn about the real gusts that come through uh, the Argentinian Pampas and reach the Magellan Strait. So I absolutely recommend go from Punta Arenas East and see the real dry shrublands and ranches and Wanaku camels and birds and wetlands and lighthouses. Wow, it sounds wonderful. It sounds great. Uh, on another another advice or tip that I can give you and, and the audience, you can go south from Punta Arenas. You can go southwest and then it's nothing like the east. You're not going to see one guanaco and you're not going to see one dry patch of grass. It's forest. And this forest is not just any forest. It's a post-glacial forest. The notophagus trees in full bloom in that moment. And as you go to the south, you start meeting some uh, sea mammals that you can find along the coastline. You're always in a beautiful coastline. You have across the water the Darwin mountain range in view on a good day in summer is completely visible. And every so often you find cormorants, you find eagles, you find sea lions. You can see accidentally by chance some whales. And in that direction, you have uh, one, two, three reserves. One is called Laguna Parrillar. It's a place where you can camp. It's really cheap, by the way. You can camp for the night and you can fish. It's a beautiful lagoon where we go to do catch and release because we are replenishing that lake with some salmon trout that was brought from Europe, the Fontanelli trout that is very famous and quite delicious. If you don't want to go there, you can continue to go south. You can do an amazing trek. You can hike for a good four hours to another lighthouse called San Isidro. And for some reason, San Isidro is kind of the local trekking area. We don't know why uh, our visitors don't know about mm. this. Not only that, but you can go kayaking in that place and surround yourself with dolphins. Wow. With dolphins. Nice. All the way to these reserves, you see ashy-headed geese, abland geese, flamingos everywhere. There is a wetland or a little, a little tiny pond with flamingos. It's a full day, but it allows you to go in and out from Punta Arenas South and then return. And we have also, I would say, Southwest, but much closer, in a half hour, you can get to a reserve that allows you not only to see the trees, but to see the most important aspect of this tree, the tree life, which is what happens, what happens under the soil. If you enjoy using a magnifying glass and not only not only binoculars, you want to go to the Magellan Reserve. You're going to see mushrooms, antocerotes. You can smell the scent of the soil in this extremely young forest. The hikes are short. Is that a part of a, a, part of mm -hmm. a park? 
It's part of a national reserve. You have to pay uh, a small fee. Okay. But the rangers are wonderful and they tell you where to go. They show you on a relief map. Uh, and the thing is that you don't even need a car. You can go on a taxi, on a cab to the entrance of the reserve and tell the same driver, can you pick us up and so and so hours? Because in that in that one reserve, you cannot camp, but you can go in for the day. If you want to go with your car, we have picnic areas surrounded by forest where we take the kids for mate and some biscuits uh, in summer. It's beautiful. And you're just surrounded by pristine areas. And Nicole, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's not expensive. And you also have that experience that you want to do by yourself or with a guide. And I haven't mentioned the North. We talked about the East. We talked about South, what to do Southwest. When you talk about the North, and especially Northwest, you're talking about the Andean condor. If you want to see a large colony, community, family of Andean condors roosting from the road or pay a small fee to go and have a special tour and use your binoculars and see the eye color of a female compared to a male, you have to go one hour and 30 minutes northwest from Punta Arenas to uh, uh, a district that we call Rio Verde or Green River District. Um, there is a family that opens their doors for visitors and the roost is in their land, but you can go and sit and be absolutely overwhelmed by this bird. If someone told me that for uh, an hour, an hour and a half from the city where I'm staying in a hotel and I don't really know what to do that day, if they told me that I can enjoy a day with condors, rest assured that I would take that opportunity. Wow. It's a majestic bird, the largest bird, uh, talking about wingspan that you can see. You see this turkeys with three meters of a wingspan just pooping, chatting, and enjoying each other's presence because you see several different stages of their age, different coloration, different size, different weight, etc. These are some of the reasons I think people should come. And I want to add one more thing, Nicole. If you decide to come, if you're from Chile, from uh, Europe, from Asia, from North America, bring both binoculars. I don't care how cheap or expensive they are, bring them and bring a magnifying glass. I don't care if it's a professional magnifying glass or the cheapest that you got a hold on whatever thing on the internet. You will not forget <laughs> the experience of mushrooms and lichens and the variety of colors in the rocks everywhere that you go. That is a great recommendation because I'm, I usually bring both and I usually use both. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a really, re really great recommendation. And also I want to add that I think you didn't, you didn't mention the penguins so far. I mean, that is another thing that people love to see around and there is a colony nearby. So as you can see so far, 
there is plenty of reasons to visit um, your city, Punta Arenas. Um, let me ask you something else. Tell us about places visitors usually don't go and you recommend it like a must, like this is something you cannot miss, but tourists don't know about it. It's uh, especially about our our routes to the east. It to me is just, uh, you know, it 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 blows my mind that people don't mm -hmm. go to the east. And when you talk to them, they are on their way out from Punta Arenas, and you ask them, "Did you know that there's plenty of wildlife and landscapes and picture opportunities that you can do just a few hours from Punta Arenas?" And they truly don't know. They truly don't know that you yeah. can discover Chile from Atlantic to um, from east to west. You're gonna, you, we don't have a road all the way to the end, but you can get all the way to that lighthouse and you can see Tierra del Fuego Big Island just across. If you enter across, you have a penguin colony, but that will take a much longer timing. I'm talking about things you can do one day from Punta Arenas at a good pacing, which is also very important. And you're right, I forgot to mention the island, the Magdalene Island, where we have a large penguin colony, and we're talking about the Magellan penguin. And that happens usually from November through February, depending on the weather conditions in the Magellan Strait. But if, if you want to rent a car and go for it on the road, um, I, I say the East is a must the old ranches, the small towns, that little coffee place where someone will not speak English, but they understand sandwich and they understand coffee. And oh boy, is the Patagonian version of a good sandwich on the road. So prepare for a massive attack of, I don't know, ham and cheese and mayonnaise. What do you do in your spare time? What, uh, what, Things you prefer to do in Punta Arenas or nearby when, you know, when you have uh, free time? Well, usually when it comes to going out with the children, with the kids, we do all of this. We have done the hikes. We have taken them uh, through the parks and reserves and fishing and camping surrounding Punta Arenas. We have also been to parks that are further north. But these are things that we can do in just one day or one night out. And I, especially with, with my husband, we enjoy picking a street, an avenue to walk. I, I would say it's three miles back and forth from the car uh, just to walk and enjoy the architecture, the mix of different houses, the period of the houses and how some of them are from the very early 1900s. And even with the snow and the winds of summer, are preserved. Some of them are abandoned. It so happens that the people that inherited the houses are not as wealthy as the ones that built them because some of these houses were built at the hot moment for oil and gas and ranches and the Magellan Street was still quite the power. Uh, so they are either abandoned, empty, it's a ghostly shell of a big house, or They are now the most expensive real estate and have new or, or new owners that are quite quite interesting to see. So we do that. We pick a neighborhood, we park the car, and we take off. And we start talking about the color of the house, the ceiling, and who lived there. You know, it's um, uh, an, an endless curiosity for for 
for the people inside? Are they old? Are they young? Are they selling? Is there someone that will inherit? So I love doing that, Nicole. And do you have any particular restaurant that you will recommend if we visit the city? Yes, uh, more than one, I would say. <laughs> okay, I'll give you three. Three, okay. When we want to splurge a little and we want to try the new cuisine of Arenas, we go to a place called La Marmita. Mm -hmm. um, Marmita is a casserole like the witches uh, used to use to mix their potions. It was used all over Chile and in the South, they are still used. So La Marmita refers to uh, a surprise when you go eat because it's seasonal. So they don't have a set menu. It depends on what it's available in Punta Arenas from the greenhouses uh, for their daily menu. Mm. We also have, yeah, it's nice. so nice and it's beautiful. And you want to try different things in there. Uh, old recipes that are not seen anymore in the in the household. We also have uh, a coffee place that we enjoy and, and that I have to share a secret with you. I have been there eight in the morning in pajamas, a book and a jacket drinking coffee. It's called Wake Up for all good reasons. It's hard to downtown, beautiful neighborhood. The coffee is wonderful. The sweets are good. The breads are nice. And the ambiance is the one you want to be surrounded with when you're traveling, right? There's other travelers, there's local people. Uh, it's quite democratic and very simple, but the coffee is just the best. What's the name again? Wake Up. Wake, wake up. up Coffee. Wake Up wake Coffee. Up. Yes, I, I, I know where's my next coffee in Punta Arenas will be. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Very, <love> good. <laughs> Very good. And, and, and for a third, mm -hmm. I don't know if there is a place in the world where you say hamburger or burger and someone does not know what it is. And recently, about a year, about a year ago, and by the way, very close to the Wake Up Coffee, they opened a... Um, local burger restaurant that is just, I mean, if you enjoy a good homemade burger, it's the place to go. It's called Ruta Nueve, Route 9, which is our connection to the rest of Chile, as you know. And it's, you know, it's, a, it's an obsession. It's an obsession. They know what they're doing. The bread is just incredible. The burgers are amazing. They have this uh, home-style potatoes that are not fried, but softly cooked and then sealed. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you have to, I, we have to stop ourselves. Oh, I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> very good. Well, thank you. That's a, that's a very, very good information. Kodat, let's say that I want to ask you, what do you recommend um, as a book or video or film or, you know, etc. for the first-time visitor wanting to know more about Punta Arenas? Any recommendations? Somebody's planning to go, but they don't know much? I have a few recommendations, but uh, it might not be uh, an exact book about Punta Arenas. Most of the mm -hmm. publications we have are in Spanish or they refer to something that we understand because we know the context about it. And as a, an interpreter of 
heritage, I have learned that the best you can do is to open your palate to the tastes you might experience where you go. So I have a few suggestions. I would like to invite people to Google Mr. Charles Wellington Furlong. This is an explorer from the United States that came in the very early 1900s. And this is a man that oil painted and photographed our native groups. And I, I hate to tell you uh, in, in our your audience that the people that he photographed and shared his time with are not around anymore. And he was the first to ever record a shaman in an official ceremony in Tierra del Fuego, Big Island. He's well known in the academia in the United States. But if you Google him, you're going to find the collection of photographs, you're going to find his books, you're going to find him and his approach to anthropological photography of these tribes. He did not take pictures like a human study. He took pictures of the everyday life of people of this, this areas, the southernmost place in the world and how they used to live and he made them look beautiful. He gave such dignity to to their size and, and their life and the capes and how they looked into the ocean. Uh, you see families walking ashore, barefoot, feet on the water. You may want to do that too. You may want to imitate a picture of Mr. Charles Wellington. I would like also to recommend our Nobel Prize in Literature because she has literature that was translated to English beautifully. This is Gabriela Mistral. And if you use the same resources, you don't have to buy a book. You Google Gabriela Mistral in Patagonia and you get the poems. And if you add English, you're going to find the translations of her poetry. This is a woman that came to shake and change and divide the society of the city in the first half of the 1900s. So all this new, rich, uh, uh, aristocratic style, people found in her a rebel. Gabriela changed the educational curriculum. She changed the hearts and the mind of the most powerful and rich woman that the region has ever seen, turning her into a rescuer, I would say, for those that did not have a school to go to, a hospital to go to, a true philanthropist. And if you don't like poetry, and if you don't like the historical background and things like that, I want to recommend something that is also different. There is a book called Mycelium Running by a scientist from the United States called Paul Stamen. I read the book. This is a book that explains the mycorrhizal connection of mushrooms, how mushrooms have in themselves an entire network of, of connection with the forest. There is no tree without this connection. There is no forest without mushroom. And that connection is the mycelium. So it's the mycelium running the pulse, the stomach, the brain, the lungs of the forest. When you read that book and you come to Punta Arenas, you will recognize this network of connections as you move to the west. If you go to the north, you start uh, 
noticing a life that you don't before. So it's not a book about us. It's a book that tells you something that is happening here uh, that you don't know until you read it. So you can see it, recognize it, discover it. Um, we're not, as you know, Nicole, we're not a country of butterflies. Southern America is a treasure of butterflies all over the world. Chile has the smallest amount of butterflies, a very small amount of flowers, and a gigantic diversity of lichens and mushrooms and that life that asks you to bend a little, use your magnifying glass, but it might might give you the most beautiful experiences and learning experiences ever. Wow, Kota, what a hint you gave us. Uh, those is not hints or tips, it's more like treasures. Very, very good, thank you. That's, uh, wow, it's amazing. Okay, uh, Kota, before we start to say goodbye, um, I want to tell everybody this is the 16th of July. And uh, as you might know, the rest of the world always wonder, how could be a day in Patagonia? Can you tell us, please, today, the 16th of July, how's the temperature outside? There is any wind? Uh, you know, how, what do you do in Punta Arenas on winter? I mean, even myself, I've never been in, in the winter time, and I go quite often. So share, please, uh, a day in winter. A day in winter is a day of silence, is a day of tranquility, and it's also a day where you can stay home uh, with the family or go for a walk. We don't have a strong winds in winter. We have a strong winds in summer. It's a matter of currents and temperatures in the atmosphere. So winter for us is a chance to hear things that we cannot hear in the summer. You hear your steps in the ground, you hear leaves, and people go outside. Except for the current uh, scenario where we cannot go outside as much as we would like to, the winter is still a very active season for us. We should have a carnival, the winter carnival. We celebrate the power of winter. We go outside and believe it or not, we have people coming from Uruguay, Brazil and Argentina uh, and of course the rest of Chile to dance like in the Brazilian carnival with a little bikini and feathers in two or three or four or five minus Celsius in downtown. And we go and we eat choripan. And we also have candola, which is a warm wine that comes with orange and a cinnamon stick. So winter is beautiful. You have the most beautiful twilight. Light is gone at around 5 p.m. Right now is absolutely dark, but it's a beautiful kind of darkness. We go to the reserves that are opened. We go and play in the snow. We share uh, the the steam coming out of your mouth. We used to. I remember that I used to play with the steam coming out of my mouth when we were sliding from a street or going to the frozen ponds. So it's beautiful and cozy. It gives you another excuse to bake goods in your house, to sit down with friends and family, uh, to share that hot wine thing that we do that has sugar in it, so you have to be careful with it. It gives you reunion. There is something romantic about winter. There's a lot of family moments. Fantastic. Okay, so, Kota, how can people have more information about you if they want to reach you? Well, I recently uh, started a, 
a social network family. And an Instagram, you can find me as the sweated onion or in Spanish, la cebolla caliente travels. <laughs> what a name. The email. What a name. What a name. What a name. Think of empanadas, cazuelas, yeah. sofritos, and pastas. <laughs> and and so the sweated onion travel or la cebolla caliente travel at gmail.com. And as soon as possible, maybe in two or three days, I'm going to have the Facebook with the exact same name. This is all going to be part of the same family of networks. And also you can find me in a different kind of Instagram, but also related to the passion of traveling and literature at the El Beso de Ajo, the garlic kiss. And the garlic kiss is going to be dedicated to poetry and other things, but mostly my own work because I've been writing for a very long time and never showed what I write. Uh, and you can find the passion for traveling and for condors and empanadas all in the same place. And I would love to share that passion with other people. Even if you are not interested in traveling through the garlic kiss, you you are connected to the sweated onion. And if you're interested in traveling, but you don't care about poetry, you can start <laughs> thinking about it by switching from the sweated onion to the garlic kiss. Uh, you know, what better way to show someone you love, you truly love them, but to accepting a, a muak a kiss when you're eating garlic and onions, right? So I love these names. They're part of my life. The smells of my house. Uh, beware, Nicole, beware. <laughs> so, and, and again, then again, all of this as soon as possible in just a few days is going to be available also in Facebook. Fantastic, fantastic. I love the name. It's a very appealing name. Okay, well, Kota, thank you very much for all the information and being a part of uh, the episode today. So all the best for you. And thank you very much for the audience as well for being with us today. So we will be waiting for you next time. Ciao, ciao, Kota. Bye-bye. Ciao, thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Gracias. Bye. Thank you for listening, Insights with Guides. If you want to know more, you can visit our website, www.chilisignature.com, as well our social media. Join us soon on another episode when we will visit a different destination in our country. Chile Signature, experience, passion and commitment at your service. Stay tuned.